Hey, warm welcome to all my healthy friends out there. This is Wellness Talk, and of course, I am George Batista, your host and your wellness advocate. So glad you guys could be with me this week. This week, we're going to be talking a little bit about anxiety, something that I've dealt with when I was a kid, and uh, I'll go through my experiences as well um, as far as what I went through. Uh, very messy times when I was a kid, but a lot of people are dealing with anxiety these days. Uh, mental health is actually, you know, such a huge problem, especially after the pandemic. And I think the pandemic really exacerbated everything, especially the way things were handled. There was a lot of panic. There was a lot of fear that really shouldn't have been for the most part. Okay. But, um, and a lot of people are still dealing with anxiety and panic disorders. Now, again, mental health issues and that type of thing coming out of the pandemic. So I wanted to address some of that as far as not only some of the studies and statistics, as you know, we always kind of do a little bit of both here. We talk about studies, we talk about statistics, but we also talk about experience. So I, I like to bring both to this show just to kind of give you different views. So we're going to talk about a little bit of the studies and stuff like that when it comes to anxiety. Then I'm going to talk about also my experiences and how I dealt with it, and then uh, different things that we can do. Because, uh, again, also this show is also about solutions, right? We're very, very solution-oriented on this show. And um, because, again, I want to bring you guys as much value. And I also want to show you, hey, look, this is what I did, and um, this is what you can do. And then you can take that information, and uh, you know, if it works for you, great. Or if not, you can uh, pass it along to someone else. So uh, what we're going to be doing today it's actually going to be uh, from a few articles. The first one is from Wellness Resources. And it's not a new article necessarily, but it's definitely relevant to this. And it's Taming Anxiety Requires Healthy Brain Mitochondrial Function. So you, know, you would ask me, okay, what, what, do you, what does mitochondria have to do with anxiety? It has a lot to do with it. And we're going to go through it in this article because healthy mitochondria is probably one of the most or at least you know, top two or three things as far as keeping yourself and keep not only keeping yourself alive, but just keeping yourself healthy and just having, you know, just good general health. Mitochondria is extremely important. People don't realize how important it actually is. So we'll talk about that. And there's some really good stuff in there. And also there's a lot of uh, nutrition that uh, comes along with it. So on this article, we'll talk about the nutrients that are very important in dealing with, you know, mental health, stress, anxiety, all that type of stuff. Then from there, we will uh, talk about five creative ways to bring meditation and mindfulness into your life. So this is a good one also. Um, and a lot of people say, of course, you know, oh, meditation, you know, I don't want to meditate. And a lot of people don't want to meditate. And I get that. Um, this is just, this is just a tool that you can use um, if you want Okay, but there are a lot of people who do meditate and they find it helps them. So these are easy ways, easy things you can do. You don't have to be sitting there and meditating for an hour, that type of thing. These are just some simple strategies that you can use uh, to be more reflective, to be, um, you know, to bring a little more calmness to your life. And, um, you know, meditation can come in many, many forms. It doesn't have to be sitting there in the middle of the room with your, <laughs> with your hands on your lap, you know, with your eyes closed. There's many different ways people can meditate. So we're going to talk about, you know, some of the quick, easy things that you guys can do as far as, uh, you know, just general meditation. Then from there, we're going to talk about how to use EFT for anxiety. And I've talked about EFT on this show. It's called Emotional Freedom Technique. And this one's by Kat Nichols. And this is pretty new, actually. And um, 
again, for those of you who, who are new to the show or haven't seen my uh, past shows when I've talked about EFT, I actually had one of the uh, premier practitioners of the EFT program on this show. Her name is Julie Schiffman, and she's got a, uh, a YouTube, a very successful YouTube uh, channel. So I would suggest you check her out if you're really interested in taking a look at EFT. But basically, again, emotional freedom technique and or tapping is a way to calm anxiety. It actually has been shown in many, many studies to even help you with pain, pain management, all types of psychological, you know, mental support, even physical support. So we're going to go over um, some studies on exactly why it's so good and it's just getting more and more prominence as time goes along. They actually have now, they even have conventions, right? Emotional freedom technique conventions that are out there. And um, it's really, really becoming, you know, very, very popular. The science on it is huge right now. And um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And again, this is something that I've used uh, when I've dealt with anxiety or stress, you know, even just a stressful situation. So I definitely suggest, you know, you, you know, you guys can, you know, take a look at that as you wish. And then um, from there, we're going to talk about yoga. And another thing you guys can use, again, another tool in your toolbox, yoga shown to improve anxiety. Studies show this is uh, brand new information. This is from Langone Health. This is NYU School of Medicine. So they're going to talk about a study regarding yoga, and it was yoga versus two other therapies and how the actual study went when they actually uh, went over the results and how yoga fared in this uh, study. So I think you'll find that of interest for those of you who are very interested in yoga or if you're you know, you've always wanted to try it, but you don't know how to get started. We'll talk about that as well. Again, I'll talk about my experiences with it. And um, so I think you'll find a lot, you know, you, I think you guys will get a lot out of this show, especially again, those of you who are dealing with, you know, mental health issues, anxiety. Again, this is, this is not a cure or anything like that. I'm just giving you suggestions. I'm giving you tools and things that you can check out for yourself, try, but also see that there is a science behind it. Again, that's what we do on this show. There's many ways. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to deal with anxiety and depression and, uh, you know, just mental health, you know, issues and things like that. So, there's not really one way. And actually, you can use many ways, right? There's there's so many different ways. You don't have to just pick one. You can you can do it in so many different ways. So, but again, these are just some tips and tools. Uh, hopefully, that you guys can uh, find valuable. Okay. All right. So that's what we got on tap for this week. Uh, of course, go to georgebatista.com because those are all the the articles that I uh, cite are always there. You can always um, get those articles in your email by subscribing to the newsletter. We're also on all the platforms, so make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and check us out on all the platforms. And, um, yeah, just follow us as much as you can because, of course, your support helps us out. Those of you who support us uh, regularly, thank you so much. But if you're looking to support us, there is a support the uh, show button at the front of the website. You can click on that and give whatever you like. Again, anything is appreciated. And if not, that's fine. This content is free for you. And, um, you know, it will remain so uh, as long as I am doing this show, because um, this show is kind of a labor of love for me. And I really enjoy bringing you this information. I learn a lot of stuff, too. When I, you know, sometimes when I'm, you know, doing some research on and stuff like that, I find new things like, oh, I got to get I got to bring this on the show. I got to show the, you know, show the folks this piece because I think they're going to enjoy this. So it's it's a therapy, not only for you guys, but for me as well. Okay, so just so you guys know that. All right, so 
Before we go further, I want to talk to you about Wellness Resources. Of course, you know Wellness Resources is a family-owned and operated nutritional supplement company providing the highest quality clinically formulated supplements since 1985. Make sure you find out why I use them, and I've been using them for the last 17 years. Great supplements there. And why health-conscious individuals around the world use their supplements. Make sure you go to myvitaminresource.com to check out all the supplements that they have. Again, it's myvitaminresource.com. And if you enter the promo code counterparts, you will get free shipping on the order. And that's, of course, because... We, uh, not only myself, but, uh, you know, you guys know I do the counterpart show. We set it up that way for just so you guys can get some discounts. So, again, it's myvitaminresource.com for wellness resources supplements. All right, guys, let's get started on the articles for the week. So, first, this is from Wellness Resources. This is Taming Anxiety Requires Healthy Brain Mitochondria function. So let's talk a little bit about uh, mental health in general. And um, there was a study of more than 11 million people that shows that a 60% increase for mental health disorders up to one year after having COVID-19. Okay, so this is very recent information. Okay. And um, again, it, it also says here, the risk for mental health and diagnosis and prescriptions were higher among those hospitalized with COVID-19, but also occurred in people with mild cases. Now, this is not from the Wellness Resources article. This is something that I pulled up just to kind of give you guys some statistics. But, um, you know, it's it's really, it's really bad. And again, we went through such a tough time with the pandemic, right? I mean, there was fear everywhere, okay? You turned on the news and it was panic. It was fear. And it was by design, okay? Just so you guys know, because that's what news outlets do. It was by design. And a lot of people were so, um, you know, they watched it every single day because they wanted to know, oh my God, what was going on? I, you know, I can't leave the house and all this stuff. And what they did as far as closing schools, closing whatever, you know, closing everything, in my opinion, was a huge mistake. Um, and we're seeing that now. We're paying for it now. The consequences are just astronomical with what's gone on. And, um, but out of that came a lot of anxiety and fear. And keep in mind that anxiety in and of itself and fear depresses immunity. I've talked about it on the show before, right? It's an immunity depressor. So you will, you will be more susceptible, right? Because you have all the, you have the fight or flight, you have the cortisol, everything that is being secreted to help you deal with the fear, to help you deal with anxiety, to help you you know, deal with, you know, as they say, the saber-toothed tiger chasing you around, right? Deal with the stress and the free radicals that are created by stress. But there is a depression of immunity when that happens. So you have to understand that um, when we were going through all this, people also just by design became more susceptible because there was so much panic and fear at that time. So my first suggestion, and I talked about this during the pandemic when I did interviews, was shut off the TV. Shut off the TV, stop watching this stuff, because it was only, it was really only doing more harm than good, in my opinion. So now, you know, there's many different ways to deal with anxiety. Of course, you know, you have the anti-anxiety medications. That's probably the number one thing when you go 
when you you know you go to the doctor you go to some kind of therapist or, you know uh, psychiatrist right you got benzo benzodiazepines all these types of things that you and if you're on that type of stuff hey you know you do what you need to do for yourselves okay but let's talk about what we can do as a society ourselves to uh, tame anxiety and to tame you know mental health issues now again just on a personal note you know anxiety was a was a big problem for me you know, I talked about on this show that I, my parents went through a messy divorce when I was about seven or eight years old. Um, music helped me a lot at that time. But when I was probably in my early teens, my preteen years, I went through this big bout of anxiety. I was getting panic attacks. I thought I was going to die. Um, I had, it was, it was to the point where sometimes you couldn't leave me alone because I, you know, I thought that I was going to die right there alone. And, you know, you, I mean, it was really, it was, it was crazy. Right. And, you know, you anybody who's been through a panic attack, you understand the, the beating heart, right? The the you're sweating, you're you might be shaking, you're trying to catch your breath, this whole type of thing. And it was terrible. I didn't know, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't, I didn't know. I just thought there's something wrong with me. And my mother, I you know, would do her best to try to help me out, but it was um it was not easy. You know, she she was trying to help me out the best that she could, but she didn't also understand it because I don't think she kind of put two and two together as far as what we went through regarding my parents' divorce, very messy divorce and all that type of stuff. And I was the type of person that held everything in. I didn't like to talk about it. I was very introverted and I held all this stuff in. So it had to come out some way. I ended up actually going to therapy for a while, talk therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. And um, one of the things that the therapist told me was, you got to get it out. You got to get it out. And during my teenage years, this is when I really became into, I got into sports. I got into martial arts. I got into base, you know, playing baseball. Then in my early 20s, I got into bodybuilding. And doing all these things helped me cope. It was also a coping mechanism. And I honestly, it was I was thankful that I was able to get into that stuff because it made me... Um, it helped me cope with all that, but it also made me a lot healthier as far as just structurally, right? I was bodybuilding. I was feeling good, you know, even though I was eating terrible, but, um, but I looked good, <laughs> you know? So, um, but I've started to find ways down the line to figure out how to deal with these anxiety uh, attacks and just my, you know, mental stress at that point. But I did connect it eventually to what I went through as a kid and how I held everything in. So, Again, those of you who understand that have been through that type of thing, you understand the damage that that can happen, especially when you have a young child who goes through a messy divorce and the parents just don't know how to shield the child from it. It's, it's very difficult. It's a very difficult thing. So anyway, that's just my two cents on it, things that I went through. But I was able to deal with it as I got older. And like I said, I took responsibility for myself and it got better. It got better to the point where I really wasn't dealing with it anymore as I got older. So, um, you know, I was I was thankful that I was able to figure that out. So let's talk about it here. Anyway, as far as uh, mitochondrial stress and mitochondria and how important it is for mental health. Now, recent findings show that healthy mitochondrial function is is the fun, uh, fundamental energetic backbone of how your brain manages mood and anxiousness. Okay. Healthy mood requires healthy mitochondria. You know, so, you know, obviously again, after the pandemic and that type of thing, mitochondrial disorders have exploded. 
uh, even before that, in the past decades, they've exploded. It was an estimated 18% of the population, nearly, nearly one out of five individuals is affected by anxiety. Okay. So when you have a mitochondrial breakdown, okay, uh, you can end up with fatigue, heart, heart, lungs, immune problems, okay? You can have blood sugar problems, obesity problems, adrenal problems, premature aging, um, wrinkles, hair loss, all these types of things, right? All tissues in the body except red blood cells are rich in mitochondria, especially the brain. So now let's talk about the brain's energy demands and survival because in order to run your brain and have healthy brain mitochondria, it is metabolically expensive for your body because there's a lot of energy that it requires, okay? So your brain is one of the most metabolically active organs in the body. Only the heart and kidneys surpass the brain's uh, energy budget or expenditure. So the average adult brain weighs about three pounds but consumes 20% of your oxygen and 25% of the glucose intake, okay? Keep that in mind. Within your brain's nerve tissues, mitochondria use oxygen and glucose to perform cellular respiration, which produces ATP that energizes cells for their own function. Okay, so now you have your brain that actually produces ATP. Very important in this, okay? So healthy, energized mitochondria producing ATP are essential. Keep in mind, they're essential for neurotransmitter production, for stress tolerance, and for numerous uh, nerve cell reactions. Now, let's talk about energy as a currency for the brain and body. So energy, uh, or every single response or stressor, uh, real or perceived, that your brain, attend, that your brain attends to is involved with energy, uh, energy currency or ATP and triggers a mitochondrial response. All of the signals that your brain sends out to the rest of the body via your nervous system depends on the energy currency of ATP produced by mitochondria. So remember that. Keep that in mind. All these signals, because you know you have, especially in the gut brain, right? You know that when you're stressed, you tend to have a lot of gut problems. A lot of people have gut problems. They have digestive issues when they're stressed. Well, there's that gut brain connection, right? A lot of stuff going on. Well, that's there's mitochondrial mitochondria that is intimately involved in making sure those signals go back and forth, not only to your gut, but to your entire body. But mitochondria is intimately involved in that. Now, your brain needs healthy mitochondria for a positive stress-tolerant mood, making it essential uh, for health and well-being. Now, breakdown in the brain mitochondria opens the door for concerns like an anxious mood and premature aging, right? So you think about it, there are people in this world who, um, I would say they, they look older than they do because they were people that were, you know, went through a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress in their life. And stress actually makes them look older. You will see it in their hair, their skin, their nails. You will see um, how much older they look. And keep in mind that not only are you older on the outside, but you are older cellularly on the inside. So, um, you know, there's, then there's two different types of aging, right? You have cellular stress or cellular aging, and then you have your, you know, your regular biological aging. You have your, you know, aging in terms of how you look and in, and aging in terms of your, your cells and how they, how fast they age. And they can be different. They don't, they're not exactly, they will not exactly be the same. Keep that in mind. So 
under the bombardment of chronic stress, right? Okay, physical, chemical, and emotional stress that we all go through, mitochondria change in structure and function because they need to accommodate the burden of the stress that you're putting it under. And again, it's physical, chemical, and emotional stress. So what happens um, and, um, you know, what, what's involved in the stress response? Of course, we have cortisol. We talked about that before. So we have today's modern stress demands. Cortisol levels may be too high and or may be too low. And this can be a problem because this can wreak havoc on your system. This can actually lead to the formation of what's called ROS or reactive oxygen species. And especially in your brain, which influences mitochondrial function and actually can decrease mitochondrial function. Okay. And, um, and just cause more cellular stress. So cortisol levels constantly either being elevated or, or, you know, too little, you know, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. Your, your body was designed to handle spurts of stress, but not ongoing, not constant. Okay. Your body can handle the stress at one point, but then eventually should ideally settle down. But in today's society, of course, we're stressed constantly. We're stressed 24-7. We're all the things hitting us, but all the physical, chemical, and emotional stress hitting us. Of course, we're filled with tons of anxiety, right? So children can give you anxiety. I'm learning that big time. I got a teenager who fills me, fills me with anxiety constantly. And it's more because you're worried about your kid, right? You're really, um, you're, you're worried about, you know, my, my child is getting older. They're going to college. They're going to be on their own soon. Will they be able to handle it? Will... Will what I've taught them help them? You know, that type of thing. Next, we also have estrogen, right? Estrogen levels, estrogen and hormone transitions strongly affect mitochondrial function. And keep in mind that estrogen controls mitochondria biogenesis or basically the formation of new mitochondria. This is this is one important thing, Kel. Okay, so this also sheds new light into why estrogen levels that are out of whack, especially for women, you know, uh, dealing with hormonal shifts, menstrual cycle, pregnancy, uh, menopause, those types of things, right? Estrogen levels can be way out of whack with that. Well, that estrogen levels, mitochondria, and those those issues all kind of play a role together, okay? You know, unfortunately, women going through these types of things, you know, a lot of times they're tired, a lot of times they're, you know, they can go through some kind of... Uh, you know, uh, kind of ups and downs when in terms of mood, especially during pregnancy and that type of thing. I mean, think of what women are dealing with, you know, just, just, um, just what their bodies are putting them through. You know, it's, it's incredible what they, what women deal with. But, uh, another thing, sedentary lifestyle stalls out energy production. Okay. So consumption of high calorie foods, not exercising, all this types of thing can also wreak havoc on your mitochondria and again, again, obviously result in a loss of ATP production, that type of thing. So what can we do to take the responsibility back and get ourselves back to dealing with the stress, dealing with the anxiety? Okay, let's look at some of the things that can help. Okay, the first one, exercise. That's number one. Exercise turns on mitochondria and stabilizes brain stress. I know you don't like to hear it. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. Exercise will help you with this. Exercise is essential to the ele electrical activity of mitochondria. It helps mitochondrial polarize or reboot ATP, 
production, which helps to balance out the oxidative stress and the reactive oxygen species production. Because remember, right, you're exercised, you exercise you it's a stress on you right it's a physical stress that you're putting on yourself right so your body reacts your cortisol is released all these types of things but once you're done it brings you back down to baseline and then you're able to handle things a little bit better because now you're conditioning your brain and your body to be able to handle stress better to be able to sleep better all these things they're all combined okay so keep that in mind now your body needs also uh, balance with physical activity and caloric intake, extremely important. So, you know, things like, um, you know, if, if you can do higher activity when it comes to, for example, HIIT training, high intensity interval training helps rapidly boost your energy production, helps to support mood and help, helps anxiety and depression. They've showed in many, many studies, strength training boosts mitochondrial function as well. Okay. Because again, you're getting out and this is what I found, right? When I was younger and I was dealing with the anxiety, I went into bodybuilding. I went into martial arts. These things helped me so much as far as taming all that anxiety, because I was able to get it out. Okay. So if you're a person that is dealing with it and you are, you know, you, you just, you, you let, you know, you were like me, let's say you kept everything in, you got to get it out somehow. Even if you put a heavy bag in your, in your house and you just punch it, you got to get it out somehow. It's just, it's just a, it, it really, really helps you if you can do that. Let's take a look at nutrition now dietary and antioxidants that can help you as well. Antioxidants are needed, obviously, to quench free radicals, right? Again, free radicals are produced every single day, but free radicals, again, can damage your mitochondrial structure and function, okay? So things like Ayurvedic herbs like Bacopa, B-A-C-O-P-A, um, that's bac Bacopa maneri is great. Acetyl L-carnitine is great. Um, Bacopa has actually been showed has been used for thousands of years for brain health. Um, Acetyl-L-carnitine helps neurotransmitter function and nerve repair in the brain, something you can use. It helps mitochondria with burning fatty acids, which is necessary for, again, the production of ATP. Um, it also quenches free radicals. And, um, and also, um, you know, the free radicals that are caused by the acute stress that the brain goes through, right? So it helps with that. Let's, let's look at some other stuff. Coenzyme Q10, PQQ are, is great. B vitamins. B vitamins are, are really, really key here because B vitamins also work together with your adrenal glands, right? So they help um, with stress, especially B1, B2, and B3. Um, magnesium. Magnesium is probably one of the biggest ones. Also, things like um, lipoic acid, uh, N-acetylcysteine, uh, physetin, grapeseed extract, all these types of uh, antioxidants. Vitamin C, actually, vitamin C is a, is another thing, helps with adrenals as well, helps to tame the uh, ROS, helps to bring down all the inflammation, helps you be able to deal with all the stress that you're, you know, again, if you're pan having panic attacks, all that stress, taking in the antioxidants, help to bring that stress down, help your body handle it much better. Magnesium glycinate. One of the big ones is very, very good. I would suggest if you guys want to take a look at a, um, a supplement from Wellness Resources, of course, um, one of the things to use is called Relax Mag. Relax Mag, again, it's magnesium glycinate, fantastic. You can take it during the day. It's not going to make you sleepy, but it, help, it will help kind of calm you. 
Uh, but you can also you can also take it in the evening to help with sleep. But it's a great, great supplement for people with anxiety. So it's one of the things that I would suggest. Some other stuff, adaptogens like ashwagandha, holy basil, rhodiola. Um, all these things are great for stress and anxiety to help support you guys, you know, if you're dealing with this stuff. So just some quick tips on this as far as, but my, again, at the end of the day, mitochondrial function is extremely important with this. So you really have to, you really have to understand. And I think the exercise and nutrition are really going to be key to this. So really take a look at that. If you can, even, again, the exercise could be walking, doesn't have to be high intensity stuff. If walking is good for you, do it. But get the nutrition in, get the walking in, get some kind of exercise. Um, this will help you support your anxiety in general and, um, you know, help you, you know, uh, deal with things better. All right. Next, let's take a look at uh, meditation now. This is a, another solution that you guys can take a look at. Again, for those of you who may have been on the fence, may want to look at you know, trying meditation. This is five creative ways to bring more meditation and mindfulness to your life. And by the way, uh, May is National Meditation Month. Thought you, you probably didn't know that. So let's take a look at some facts about med meditation before we go further. In, 20, in 2012, the number of people practicing meditation tripled. Okay. No wonder, because we're in a stressful society, right? It's a global practice. According to the statistics, around 200 to 500 million people in the world practice it. Um, and uh, it, the meditation industry is valued at about $4.5 trillion. Trillion. Meditation, there's studies that talks about meditation that helps to reduce blood pressure and support blood pressure health. Meditation also spurs nitric oxide in the human brain, which helps also to reduce blood pressure. Meditation has been shown to help with addiction. Um, according to several publications like Addiction Research, meditation helps people overcome their struggle with addiction and substance abuse. So let's take a quick look at five ways to practice meditation. And again, doesn't have to be the formal meditation that a lot of people you know, talk about, right? The first one is do a tea meditation. That's T-T-E-A meditation. So if you're a tea drinker, Next time you cozy up with your favorite beverage, transform it into a special meditative meditative experience, okay? Just, you know, take some, you know, make some tea with hot water, get the, the steam, kind of, you know, you know, get that steam in your face, the, the hot, you know, the, the steam that comes up, uh, you know, as far as in your face, igniting all your senses and sip your tea mindfully, sip it slowly. You know, don't be in a rush and just do a step by step. Just drink some tea, just quiet drinking tea. They talk about it. I mean, it's interesting, a tea meditation. I mean, very simple thing, but, um, you know, they say it can be helpful. Number two, book a wellness or yoga retreat. Again, there's many places you can do it. Find a wellness retreat, yoga retreat, book it for a weekend. Take someone with you, take a spouse with you, take a, one of your kids with you, take a friend, especially a friend, ideally a friend who's calm. <laughs> But take a friend with you um, and just, you know, pamper yourself, you know, massage and yoga and meditation, learn how to meditate. A lot of these retreats um, do a, you know, do classes on meditation. This way you guys can learn it. So check that out. Number three, go on a walking meditation outside. Very simple way to meditate. Doesn't have to be, again, sitting down. Go into the forest if, if you have a forest by you. If you're in the city, 
you know, walk in the city or try to find a, a quiet street and just walk down and just notice everything. The key to this is noticing things. The key to this is just, you know, be mindful of what's going on. You know, uh, if if you're in a quiet space, listen. Don't, you know, don't walk with headphones and listening to blasting music. I know sometimes that can be helpful, but try to not do that and just try to listen to the outside, listening to birds, be in, be in the park, walk around the park, listen to birds, listen to all the sounds of the park. That's very meditative. It can actually help calm stress down. I've done that many, many times. Number four, bring vis visualization into your practice. So again, you know, um, you know, this is where you can sit down and just visualize things, visualize, you know, guided imagery is, is very, very popular. Okay. And, um, just, you know, close your eyes and just, you know, try to imagine different things. Okay. And I know it's very, very difficult to calm the mind. Believe me, I get that. But, you know, imagine where you want to be, imagine things you want to do, imagine things that you've done that are, that helped, you know, that, that calm you down. It could be hanging out with your, your son or daughter, and, and you had a great time hanging out with your spouse, doing something that, that was a lot of fun. Maybe you were on a boat, maybe you were on a cruise, maybe you, and you would just so relax. Maybe you were on a beach somewhere. Um, all these types of things, just use guided imagery to bring you to that place. And, you know, again, calm yourself down. And number five, five finger breathing. So this is very interesting. And again, adults can, and, um, and kids can use this. Simply hold up your hands and trace each finger, breathing in as you trace up and breathing out as you trace down. Okay. This relaxing breathing technique is especially helpful for slowing down and being in the moment. So think about that. Just five finger breathing, breathe up and breathe down as you're tracing your finger. How simple is that? You can do that. You know, if you don't want to do that in front of people, obviously do it by yourself, do it in the bathroom. But um, again, just five simple things you can do to help, you know, that are that can be meditative, but that may not necessarily look like meditation. Right. Check it out. Um, you know, try them. see if, if it works for you. I think, uh, you know, it's good stuff uh, to take a look at. All right. Next, how to use EFT for anxiety. So, again, EFT is called emotional freedom technique. And um, it's something that I've used. And let me tell you, it's powerful. It's powerful, you know, um, when you when you use it, especially you can use it every single day. But especially um, when uh, you know, you're dealing with some kind of anxiety or some kind of, uh, you know, uh, stressful situation. So I want to play a quick clip because, again, I had Julie Schiffman on my show uh, last year. We talked about EFT. She's one of the leading EFT practitioners. And um, she actually talks about exactly what EFT is, for those of you who don't know, and, um, you know, what's a little bit of the science behind it, why it's so powerful. It's a very quick clip. Um, it's about a minute or so, a little over a minute. So just check out what she says here. It's very, very interesting. Now, explain to our our listeners and viewers as well, like, to your the best that you can, like, what is the science behind tapping on these uh, certain points? Absolutely. So, right, for anybody who's new to this, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why would I tap on my face? As I said, you know, I mean, people would look at me like I had three heads, but they were willing to try anything when it got to this point. So um, tapping, also known as EFT, emotional freedom technique, is an amazing stress management tool that anyone can use at any time. As we said, it's simple, effective, quick. 
And it's a combination of ancient Chinese acupressure and modern psychology. I mean, that's really the best way to describe it. And it actually physically works to alter your brain, your energy system, and your body all at the same time. And the practice, you know, consists, it really does just look like this, you right. know, very gentle tapping. We don't want to hurt ourselves. It's very gentle with our fingertips on specific what we call meridians. And meridians are just energy pathways in the body, right? Mm -hmm. they, connect, um, they connect our organs and our glands and our systems. And, um, and so you tap on these points while talking through their statements and words that we use, right. while we talk through pain or problems or emotions or anxiety or depression or anything else. And this process can help not only to relieve the physical symptoms, but the emotions as well. And, and, and that's the key to this, because you would think that it helps you with emotion, emotional uh, symptoms, and it does, but it also helps you with physical symptoms. And that's what's interesting to me, because now, again, obviously there is a you know, brain-body connection, right? So dealing with pain, there is also a mindfulness in dealing with pain right? We know that. But I didn't realize how effective with this. There's been times where I had a headache from a stressful situation or whatever, or from my back or from my neck, right? Because we, we know that uh, my back and my neck are, exact, are not exactly in the best of shape. But tapping has actually helped me out dealing with that. So again, in this, in, in EFT, you're tapping on these points, which are actually, again, called meridian, meridian points that are used in acupuncture or acupressure as well, but you're tapping on these things while also talking about what it is that you're dealing with. Now, it may look ridiculous, may sound ridiculous, but let me tell you, you know, don't knock it till you try it because it works extremely well. I found it works extremely well. Now, there is a duration thing to it. In other words, how long you do it also makes a difference. Some people can do it for a couple of minutes and it works fine. Other people have to do it for 10 minutes. So everybody's different depending on what they're dealing with. But I would check it out. I mean, it's really, really effective. And I have found it as one of the most effective things as far as just, you know, as far as dealing with an emotional response to, to a stressful situation. And in fact, it was a 2016 study that it, com it compared the effectiveness of EFT to standard care options for anxiety and found that those who used EFT showed a significant decrease in their anxiety scores. Also, a 2016 study from Harvard revealed that EFT produces positive changes in the expression of genes associated with stress so that the body is better equipped to handle future stress as well as addressing the existing stress, okay? So there is science behind it. There's, there's many uh, videos on YouTube. There's a conference. <laughs> they do they do a tapping or an EFT conference now. Many doctors are on board with this. Dr. Joseph Marcola, for those of you who like to check him out, he is one of the big proponents of this. And Julie Schiffman actually used to work with him. And that's how she that's how she kind of started through this whole EFT process. And let me tell you, uh, again, it's great. So check out tapping, check out EFT. Um, there's many, many videos on it. Check out Julie Schiffman's, cha Julie Schiffman's channel on YouTube. Um, she, she really, she goes through it almost, I think she has one every single day and, um, she has one for, to support you in any, pretty much every situation. So check it out and tap along with her and just try it. You know, again, you don't have to do it in front of people. If it, if you feel embarrassed or if it's not something that, you know, you, you feel good about doing in front of people, but do it by yourself, try it. 
Um, that's, you know, that's the way you find these things out and see if they work. And that's exactly how I found it out. I tried it. I saw Julie Schiffman's videos and I started trying it in, in those types of situations. And it worked very, very well for me. And it's a tool that I keep in my toolbox. That's again, that's the key, right? And that's, that's what we try to bring you tools for the toolbox at the end of the day, you can pull it out and use it whenever you need to. Right. All right. So that's EFT. And finally, we're going to talk about yoga and how yoga is shown to improve anxiety. And uh, the study shows, and again, this is from the New York University School of Medicine. So they did a study here about yoga, and this was published in the August 12th uh, JAMA of Psychiatry. And uh, this was 226 men and women with generalized anxiety disorder. They were randomly assigned to three groups either CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy or talk therapy, kundalini yoga, which is a type of yoga, and or stress management education, standardized control technique. Now, this is what they found. After three months, both the CBT and yoga were found to be significantly more effective for anxiety than stress management. Specifically, 54% of those who practiced yoga met response criteria for meaningfully improved symptoms compared to 33% in the stress education group. Of those treated with CBT, 71% met these symptom, symptom improvement criteria. Now, they do say that after six months of follow-up, they found that the CBT was probably the longest lasting. It lasted longer than all the other therapies, which, which would make sense, you know, talk therapy, uh, makes sense. Probably people would be more adherent to talk therapy than they would yoga, but why not do both, right? Why not do talk therapy and yoga, right? I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's just a double whammy to help you deal with stress, but yoga is very, very effective. Again, I did yoga a lot in my twenties and even in my thirties. Um, I used to go to yoga classes. Um, I was very interested in yoga. Again, this was another tool for me to see not only if I could deal with stress, but I also like the whole philosophy behind yoga. It's just a fantastic philosophy. I'm into ancient philosophies like that, but um, I wanted to try it. And what I loved about it is the feeling afterwards. You are so relaxed and that relaxation lasts for the literally the whole day. At least it, it did for me. It lasted the whole day. My whole, I mean, you, you literally feel like your muscles just so loose. Your brain is so calm. And again, I talked about this on the show previous. It's almost like you get that runner's high for those of you who are runners and understand that yoga is another thing to use. Great thing to use. It's it, the studies on yoga have been, there's thousands. I mean, come on, yoga has been used for thousands and thousands of years. Right. And um, obviously there's many, many different forms of yoga. So you got to find the one that is best for you. But it is super, super effective for dealing with anxiety, dealing with stress. And um, to me, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's great. And, and I, I don't do it as much now, but um, I still do it every now and then. My wife also did it for years and she found the same thing. So I would, I would check out yoga if you can. Again, start with videos. If that's the case, go to YouTube. There's, there's thousands of YouTube videos that will show you very simple yoga techniques 10 minutes, 15 minutes, eventually you can get to 30 minutes or even an hour. 
but there's many, many different forms of yoga. Take a class, try a class out, see if it's for you. You know, um, it, it can get addictive. I'm, I'm going to tell you that it can get addictive. And again, I know it's not for any, everybody, but it can be for anybody. So, um, again, and also the, the, the physical effects of yoga are also extremely good because you're, you still, you maintain lean muscle when you're doing that. Um, you also maintain extreme flexibility, which is key to longevity. Muscle mass and flexibility are absolute keys to longevity. So if you want to live a longer life, check out those two things, muscle mass and flexibility. If you can keep those two things, you're on your way to living a longer life amongst all the other stuff that we do, of course. But um, yoga is fantastic. And again, brand new information on it showing that yoga is still to this day an effective way to deal with anxiety. So check it out. All right, guys. So I uh, hope you got a lot out of it. Um, again, anxiety, stress, depression, mental issues are a huge problem, especially coming out of the pandemic. But there are ways that you can take responsibility and deal with it, just like I did when I was younger. And I didn't know anything about anything when I was younger. But um, but check it out. You know, check it. Check these things out. Take, you know, try any of these things and see what works for you. That is the essence of this show to, to try it, see what works for you and whatever you can use. Great. Take it. Take it and then pass it along. See if you can get friends and family to do it, especially those folks that are dealing with all kinds of anxiety issues. Obviously, if you're on some kind of anxiety medications, it, that's fine. You know, you can do these things without while you're on anxiety medications. But keep in mind that if maybe you can work with your doctor, maybe you can eventually lower the dose of some of these medications because things are just getting better for you, right? Circumstances get better. So just some things to think about in terms of anxiety, in terms of stress. We're all going through it. We all deal with it. But uh, we can, you know, we can do things ourselves and we don't have to depend on other entities to do it for us. Okay. That's my message for this show. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Hope you guys are doing great. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week, a fantastic weekend. Make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of each other. Make sure you go to georgebatista.com, check out all the stuff. And as always, don't forget, control your health. Take care.